Welcome to the Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones podcast with Rock Valley Physical Therapy. When you're looking for solutions to pain, we are here to help. Whether success for you means lifting a grandchild, getting back to work, or simply walking up the stairs without pain, Rock Valley Physical Therapy is here to help with compassionate, expert clinicians whose goal is to make care as fun and easy as possible. Each episode, we will spend time learning from healthcare providers and patients in hopes of offering solutions to your own aches and pains. Welcome back, Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones listeners. Um, someone younger and cooler than myself might call it Sticks and Stones Nation, but we'll stick with Sticks and Stones listeners. This is your host, Sam Huey, coming live from beautiful Waukee, Iowa, in the Greg Monson studio. Today, we're going to talk about moms, and we're going to talk about running, and we're going to talk about running moms. Um, if you are a runner, if you're a running mom, if you have a mom that runs, if your significant other is a mom that runs, or if you're any other combination of those two words, this is the podcast to listen to. I've got a very special guest with tons of knowledge in this area um, joining me today. She's been on the podcast in the past to talk about kind of running prevention, running injury prevention, sorry. Um, Dana, welcome back to the show. This is Dana Herrick. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Um, give the uh, give the nation, the listeners, a little uh, reminder on kind of who you are and and why why they should listen to you about this. Yeah. <clears throat> so as Sam said, I I have a background um, in running, uh, running in college, um, running professionally for Brooks Running, and competing in the marathon uh, at the Olympic Trials Marathon. Um, three different rounds now in the last uh, twelve plus years. Um, but I also get to combine my passion and love for running with working as a physical therapist. Um, and in the last, uh, I guess, year and a half, um, I've really dove into the pelvic health world of physical therapy, where I get to work with a lot of women uh, who present with a very variety of symptoms um, associated with their pelvic floor. And I get to help them uh, tap into that area and learn uh, that there's a lot that women are going through that they don't like to talk about it. And what I always like to say is, um, it's, it's common, but it's not normal as in pelvic or pelvic floor physical therapy can help with that. And that's what I'm hopeful to do for all of our listeners today. Yeah. And I know you'll do a great job. I think this is an area that people are just so undereducated on, right? Um, there's not information as readily available as it seems like it should be, or people don't even know it's an option, you know? Um, my wife, for example, when we've, we've had three boys and, you know, never once was this mentioned as an option, you know, in the hospital from her physician. Um, luckily I've got some great people I work with that, you know, know about this and, you know, could be used as a referral source potentially. Um, so let's talk about, um, obviously getting, getting these patients in the door sometimes is the hard part, but, um, let's, let's come back to that later. When woman's had a baby, what does that kind of look like as far as getting back to, you know, running, aerobic, lifting? How do you, how do you go about that? What's the strategy there? Yeah. Um, as you said before, a lot of women don't realize that this is something they should be thinking about prioritizing before jumping back into whatever it is they enjoy and love doing. Um, when we think about our prenatal visits, uh, we have a lot of them as we're carrying our child. Once that baby comes to the world, comes into the world, uh, we get that one follow-up at six weeks postpartum um, for most patients. And 
Um, that's unfortunate because a lot of times um, the focus really isn't on so much um, the vessel or the human that carried the baby, um, and it really needs to be. And so whatever it is that you enjoy and that you want to get back to, um, there's kind of a a central station that needs to get woken up. Um, and that central station is your core, but it's more than just the abdominals. It's your diaphragm, it's your pelvic floor. Um, it is your breathing mechanics and we want to build from there. That should be your base. That should be your, your central zone. That is going to be that stable area in order to get you strong around that pelvis. Uh, because everything that comes off of that is the rest of the body and, and the rest of our limbs um, that we are using, obviously, when we do anything from, like you said, Sam, aerobic work to fitness classes to lifting. Um, and so that central area where you held that baby, it's not coincidence that that's the area we really want to tap back into and remind that brain and body connection that it is connected and that we've got to wake it up again. Yeah. And what are we talking about here? Are we, you know, as, you know, potential consequences of not getting those muscles back in shape, are we talking about pain or incontinence or some combination or what are we talking about here? Yes. Uh, the answer is D all the above. <laughs> um, yeah, I see a lot of, uh, symptoms, um, that include all of those. So usually pain somewhere because usually an area, a global muscle, a larger muscle group is overworking and compensating, um, for weakness in that whole core area that I described, um, that hasn't been, uh, tapped into strengthened and woken up. Um, so over time, there's something that's going to surface and it kind of just depends probably what your movement patterns are, what activity you're doing that is going to bring on, um, that, um, that area that's, that's barking at you. Um, incontinence is a huge, uh, common, again, common, but not normal thing. And that can be urinary and that can be bowel. Um, and you know, it's in our society, that's, that's embarrassing. Right. And it's something that not a lot of people want to talk about. I've, I've heard many a time I wear black leggings to my fitness classes because I don't want people to know. Um, and that just kind of makes me sad because we want to help women not feel like they've got to only wear the black leggings. Right. And, and I'm sure there's many times when you see these women, you know, five, six years down the road after they've had their last child. Right. So mm -hmm. from your perspective, obviously any time is a good time is better than none. Right. Um, you know, how does early intervention fall with these people? When is, when is a good time to start maybe getting into exercise therapy, all of the above? What does that look like? Right. Yeah. I like to say, uh, once postpartum, always postpartum. So it really, it doesn't matter how far down the road or where you're at in that journey. Um, you know, again, you have that six week follow-up and a lot of women feel like they, a on one side of it, can't do anything between having the baby in six weeks. And that's also false. Um, so I would almost challenge, uh, the listeners and kind of challenge the mindset that you actually don't need to wait till after baby to get educated on, what you can be doing, um, in those six weeks after baby that you're, you are at home and you're able to do things, but they're going to be the breathing techniques for that diaphragm. They're going to be maybe some of those gentle initial pelvic floor strengthening exercises. Um, and it is more than just Kegels. Um, a lot of women are, uh, have situations where there's too much tension and doing more Kegels actually is going to cause more problems. So that's where I think, um, you know, you really have to 
tap into the initial um, things before you get into the bigger, stronger exercises that are affecting more areas. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of research out as far as returning to full on running. It really isn't going to be until somewhere after six weeks and if not closer to 12, but there are a lot of things you can be doing between the days baby is born or before, um, between then and, and three months out, um, in order to return safely to that activity that you're doing. Um, additional research has also recently come out in this last six months that shows it's more of a circle. It's not a start line, finish line. Um, it's more of a continuum. And so you've got the, they call it the six R's and you need to kind of be ready. And that's that prenatal phase where you can seek a PT during that time. Um, you need to review and kind of check in to what your body's doing and feeling after baby. You want to restore recondition and return to sport while also refining your performance. There's a lot of R's in there. Um, but all of those R's are within this continuum of prenatal up until even a year after baby, 10 years after baby, um, where you're still refining maybe some areas that aren't quite doing what they're supposed to be doing. And all through that circular continuum, anytime it's great to, to seek out a PT if you're having symptoms. Yeah. So we'll jump ahead of maybe a little bit and come back to some of the topics we had. So if, if you're, you know, anywhere postpartum, like you said, maybe in that circle somewhere, how, how do you find a pelvic floor therapist and maybe how do you get to one? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, there are a couple of different search, um, I don't want to say search engines, but, um, pelvic floor directories that you can find online to seek out local pelvic health, um, specific physical therapist. Um, you can also, uh, pull up the rock Valley website and check and see, depending on where you live, if there's any, um, pelvic health specialists that we have within our company, because we do have a lot, even within the Des Moines Metro area. Um, but again, the, uh, the APTA is the American Physical Therapy Association. Um, that's a great resource, um, checking out their website and looking under their pelvic health section um, to find potentially a local specialist in your area. Yeah, those are great resources. Thanks for sharing that. And I would just add that at Rock Valley, our, our guarantee is if we can't get you better, we'll find somebody who can. So yeah. our therapists are trained to recognize, you know, pelvic health issues and refer out appropriately. So maybe you just came in for low back pain and never made that mm -hmm. connection that it could, could have to do with your pregnancy six years ago. Right. Um, you know, we take pride in the ability to screen, recognize those things and, you know, treat within our realm, but then also recognize, Hey, Dana's right down the street. I want you to see her a couple of times and she will see what she has to offer you. And that, that model works really well for people. Um, because, you know, everybody's got a little bit different skill sets and different needs as a patient too, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can Definitely. kind of approach it from different angles, I, you know, that's, that's where that guarantee comes in for us. And if, if you call a Rock Valley clinic that doesn't have that, that specialty, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll find somebody else that can do it for you. Um, mm -hmm. So side note there, sorry about that. Got you off topic here. <laughs> <clears throat> so we talked about, you know, kind of that myth, I guess you could say of six weeks of no activity. And then, you know, some women have the impression, Hey, at six weeks, I can go do whatever I want. Right. Mm -hmm. um, why is that time frame, whether it's six or 12 weeks or depending on the person, right? Why is that time frame important? What, what happens during that time with the, the woman's body? 
Yeah, that's a, a great question because it's not just a one, uh, one thought answer. Um, you know, when you think about after a baby, the entire body changes as a, as a female and it, and it should, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's an exciting thing because it's almost like you've been given this whole new body that you get to get to explore. And, and, um, I hate to say back, I hate to say build back, but build into, I think if anything. Um, and so you want to think about, you know, where are you sitting with not necessarily BMI specifically, but it, it's unfortunately a number that's used um, in research just as a marker. And it is something important for postpartum women to pay attention to, because if that BMI is too low, um, you are going to be at higher risk of potentially a stress fracture or uh, any type of bone injury when you're doing more impact activity um, and wanting to get back to more of the impact activity. Um, and kind of going off of that, uh, there's such a thing as red S, uh, which, which is relative energy deficiency, deficiency syndrome. Um, and that is going to put you at risk. If that, if you are someone who falls in kind of that syndrome category, you're going to be at risk of stress fractures, potentially fertility issues, um, pelvic floor impairments or symptoms. Um, and red S essentially is a kind con- combination of maybe not having a regular menstrual cycle coming back. Um, having, uh, again, that lower BMI, um, and just having symptoms that are only going to escalate and snowball into something else. Um, and so in addition to those things with the physical body, you also have that psychological screen, you know, mentally, how are you doing? It's, it's a life change having this new human that you're raising. Um, are you mentally ready in the right ways to get back into, um, and again, I hate saying get back into, but to return to what you like to do. Um, and so that's something that you might want to speak with a provider about. And then when you think what you're doing with your baby, you're breastfeeding, potentially you are up during the night, not getting a lot of sleep, not prioritizing your own nutrition or hydration. All of those things are going to combine to take buckets out of your energy. Well, and I like to remind my patients that we don't have separate energy wells for physical activity, mental stress, emotional stress. It's all coming from the same well. So when we talk about those topics of psychological, but also sleep hydration, it's all coming from the same well. And that's going to dry up if you're not um, addressing that or pay attention, paying attention to that. Um, And then, you know, the main kind of items that are more on that physical therapy side that I hone in on and talk to my patients about when they're here is performing that pelvic floor screen and making sure they have awareness of, do you have a pelvic floor that you know how to do a Kegel or a muscle contraction? Is that muscle group able to relax? Um, and how is that, that strength as well at the pelvic floor, as well as the total body? How is your, how is your strength throughout your hips and those pelvic stabilizers? Um, I also like to talk about and look at load and impact um, management and screening for that. So I might have my patients do some hopping, some single leg hopping, um, running in place just to see how does the body feel? Are you having leaking? Are you having symptoms at the pelvic floor or anywhere for that matter? Um, And then finally looking at, you know, the potential of an abdominal screen, Um, whether or not you have a vaginal or a cesarean birth and delivery, you can suffer from some, some spreading of your rectus abdominal muscles. And that is known as a diastasis, diastasis recti. Um, and that's something that I like to teach my patients how to measure that on themselves, because if they have 
kind of a spreading or a, um, a stretch of that fascia of the rectus muscle, um, they like to kind of check in on that and see, are they improving it? Is it getting worse? Um, because that's definitely something in um, physical therapy that we talk about and, and help manage. Excellent. Yeah. And, and you, you mentioned sleep. Um, if the listeners go back about two episodes, there was a, a full uh, episode with Holly Wilkinson on sleep as it relates to pain and physical performance and all those things. So if that triggered anything, what Dana just said, you can go back a couple episodes and dive into that a little bit more as well. Yeah, that's a huge part of uh, recovery and overall performance and influences our pain and our mental well-being in, in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So we've talked about, you know, when, when you start to start getting back to activity, start to start getting back to activity, um, maybe what a pelvic health therapist would look at with you in the clinic. After we've done some screening and some testing, what's the next step, you know, treatment progression wise, what are some things that you might teach them to kind of take that next step into returning to their activity? Yeah. So again, when I first see my patient, the screening is important to make sure we know where we're at. What are we, where are we starting, you know, with, with a lot of these areas. Um, but typically common things, um, before any running gets talked about, uh, we talk a lot and do some techniques for your breathing and really emphasizing the diaphragm and getting that muscle, which is a muscle over those lungs and, and helps increase that abdominal cavity. Um, as far as building that lung capacity up again for aerobic activity, um, we kind of begin initial core stabilizing work. And that involves more of those lower abdominals that got had more strain and stress put on them as, as you're growing that baby. Um, but also kind of each of those muscles, even those muscles between the ribs, the intercostal muscles, um, they're all, it's all connected is the phrase I often say to my patients. Um, and so we do kind of a combination of progression core work that's safe, um, and the right thing for that specific patient. Um, And I think with all of this, just in general, making sure people understand it's not a cookie cutter approach. I have my different things I like to look at, but every patient is so different that uh, it is a very individualized progression with what we do and and what we focus on each session. Um, Yeah. yeah. Are there any things that, you know, I think the problem right now with social media and the news is you can get online and you can find all these articles that say, never do this exercise after you're 50 or never do this exercise after you have a baby. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's that cookie cutter approach. Um, and and maybe there are some of those things. Are there any things that you would give like a hard no to, you know, after maybe a C-section or, um, if someone has a uh, diastasis or is that very individualized to that person? Yeah. So I always have a hard time when I get, um, reached out to via social media or a phone call from a family or a friend, um, because my first thought is, Oh, I want to, I want to see you in person. I want to assess your movement. That's what I do. I'm a movement specialist and I want to assess your tissue. Um, but when you think of having a baby, whether it's cesarean or vaginal, um, I think again, we're also different. We all have the same body parts, but our body is no one body is the same. Um, and so I guess to blanket statement, answer your question, it's very individualized. Um, so I would hate to use the word never. Um, and I think in general, after having a baby, just like a major injury, you really need to take time to allow the body to recover and heal, um, from, from whatever, um, type of delivery you, you went through and, and had, but, 
it does come down to individualization and very kind of customizing what we're doing with that patient or what that patient should be seeking out with so much stuff on social media. Um, there's a lot of good education and information out there, but knowing, taking it with a grain of salt that um, a lot of times that's more of um, general and broad education and not necessarily the exact thing that you should be doing. Yeah. So, so find a specialist if you're, if you're having concerns or issues with this, let them tell you what to work on it. Don't, uh, don't take the internet's word for it all the time. Yeah. All right. I interrupted you. Carry on. No, that's okay. Um, so, you know, again, the core involves diaphragm. It involves pelvic floor. So we definitely tap into each of those specific areas, but realize that they do all work in sync um, and kind of move forward with pelvic floor, or I'm sorry, pelvic and hip stabilizing and getting you into more functional positions for what you do during your day, but what you also want to get back to return to, um, and making sure that you have the strength in those more broad, um, global hip muscles, um, to make sure that you're going to be safe as you get back, uh, return to those activities. Um, and then finally, again, the load and impact pro progressions. Um, you know, the last thing I would tell a patient is, well, yep, everything looks good in the clinic. Go ahead and go try running for 20 minutes. Um, and so even with load and impact progressions, we want to make sure you can tolerate even, so even something, um, as basic or easy as going out for a walk and being able to walk almost double the time you plan to run, um, at some point to make sure that your body can, can handle that, which is the less impact than running. Yeah. So I think my experience is in orthopedics, not pelvic health. So, you know, just like with a knee or a hip issue, right. You know, if we're talking mm -hmm. incontinence, it's gradually loading, right. Gradually progressing, yep. introducing mm -hmm. more volume to that. Um, and starting from the ground up, right? Yeah, you might start working on exercises where you lie down or sit, right? Mm -hmm. You can do those till you're blue in the face, but that alone won't translate over into standing mm -hmm. things up running. You have to get to that point together with yes. your therapist, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, whether it's our society or just the way we're wired, we always want that success overnight um, or to see those changes within 24 hours. Um, and just like you said, like in made any type of injury you carried and built a human, uh, for nine months. And that is, that is amazing. Um, and it's a lot on the body and the body's not a machine. It's just that it's a body and we only have the one. So I think if there's a big takeaway from our discussion, Sam, that I hope women hear and, and really take to heart is it's a process, just like your pregnancy journey was a process your, your postpartum life moving forward is a process. And it's a, it's a continuum that we want to make sure we are honoring what your body went through and knowing that it does take time to build strength. It does take time for the body to accept adding back in some of those loading, um, progressions. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's something that is near and dear to my heart after experiencing it myself the last year and a half. And, um, really just honoring the one body that you get to have. Well said, shout out to moms everywhere. I've got one. Her name's Mary. Love you, Mary. <laughs> uh, my wife's a mom. So yeah, a lot of respect for moms on all ends here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for your time today, Dana. This was great. Um, you know, if anybody has questions, they can certainly reach out to, to Rock Valley or you individually, if they have that. Um, hopefully if anybody's listening and any of this sounds familiar, they, you know, are 
feel educated and empowered to, to maybe seek some help and, and see what they can do to return to activity, not get back to activity, right? Right. <laughs> I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that verbiage. Yeah. So thanks to everybody that listened today. Remember to check out our website at rockvalleypt.com as well as our Facebook and Instagram for more information about finding a Rock Valley nearest to you. Rock Valley now has over 50 clinics serving Iowa, Illinois, and Nebraska. Our employees live out our tagline with every day with the goal of making better lives.